Welcome to episode 66 of the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. If you want to burn fat, gain energy, and enhance your health by changing when you eat, not what you eat, with no calorie counting, then this show is for you. I'm Melanie Avalon, author of What, When, Wine, Lose Weight and Feel Great with Paleo-Style Meals, Intermittent Fasting, and Wine. And I'm here with my co-host, Jen Stevens, author of Delay, Don't Deny, Living an Intermittent Fasting Lifestyle. For more on us, check out ifpodcast.com, melanieavalon.com, and jenstevens.com. Please remember, the thoughts and opinions on this podcast do not constitute medical advice or treatment. So, pour yourself a cup of black coffee, a mug of tea, or even a glass of wine, if it's that time, and get ready for the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. Hi friends. So I'm sort of haunted by clothes. If you follow me on Instagram, you probably know that I love wearing all the new clothes all the time. And I know that that is not really sustainable and not good for the planet. That's why I am thrilled that there is now a way to get all of the clothes with none of the waste. And I'm going to tell you how you can get unlimited clothes with no waste for a month for free. That's right, I now have a website for both myself and you guys where you can get free unlimited clothes with free shipping, free exchanges, nonstop from all of the hottest brands, and it is so incredibly easy. It's called MelanieAvalon'sCloset.com. We have so many incredible brands, including my favorites like BCBG, Calvin Klein, and so many more. Think like 100 brands. There are so many options. And the way it works is when you get a subscription, you search through the clothes, pick what you want. They send it to you with fast, easy shipping. You wear it as long as you want. And then when you're ready for more clothes, you just drop it off in their prepackaged envelope and get your next round. It is so incredibly cool. They have multiple plans. The starter plan gives you two pieces at a time. Friends, I actually have a little secret hacked. Don't tell them that I told you this. When you get your two pieces, you can actually immediately go into your account, click return, and they'll go ahead and send you the next two pieces. So technically you can have four pieces at a time. You also have a cool virtual closet that you can keep stocked with everything you eventually want to order. So you never miss out. And if you really like something and want to keep it, you can opt to buy it at a massively discounted price. Friends, I'm obsessed. This is finally the answer to wearing all the clothes all the time with none of the waste. Oh, and of course, one of my major reservations was the cleaning compounds that they use on the clothes because yes, it is dry cleaning, which normally makes me nervous. And they don't say this on the website. So I reached out to them and I was like, hey, what's going on with the cleaning? What do you guys use? Because I can't promote this if it's just normal dry cleaning. And thankfully, they let me know that they do not use any detergents, fabric softeners, or chemicals that are harsh. Everything is professionally dry cleaned or laundered with detergents that are free from dyes and scents. It's all gentle and it uses low temperature cycles. So yes, we are good on that front as well. It is the coolest thing ever. And you can try it free for a month. Yes, completely free. Just go to MelanieAvalon'sCloset.com to sign up. Free clothes for a month. After that, their plans are super affordable. We're talking honestly, an entire month is less than the cost of typically what would be the cost of one dress. And I am not kidding. That's right. Unlimited clothes for less than the cost of one outfit. 
I'm just so thrilled to bring this resource to you guys. I can't wait to hear what you guys think. So again, get free unlimited clothes for a month at MelanieAvalon'sCloset.com. That's MelanieAvalon'sCloset.com for all of the clothes, none of the waste. And definitely share your pictures and tag me on Instagram because I want to see all the fabulous things that you guys are wearing. That's MelanieAvalon'sCloset.com. One more thing before we jump in. Did you know that common ingredients found in skincare and makeup products can actually disrupt your endocrine system? These endocrine disruptors are a silent threat that can have significant impact on your health, including something that is very important to me, fertility. Your skin is your body's largest organ and what you put on it matters. Endocrine disruptors are chemicals that interfere with the natural hormonal communication in the body. It also matters during pregnancy. And that's one of the reasons I pay close attention to what I put on my skin while being pregnant. Studies have shown that exposure to endocrine disruptors can affect both male and female fertility. For women, these disruptors can lead to irregular menstrual cycles, ovulation issues, and even polycystic ovarian syndrome or PCOS. In men, they can reduce sperm quality and quantity, making it even more challenging to conceive. But it's not just about fertility. When it comes to fat loss, one of the reasons that endocrine disruptors can get in the way of fat loss is because a lot of our toxins are actually stored in our fat. It's a way that our bodies protect us from those toxins. These toxic compounds can even work synergistically, amplifying their harmful effects and making it that much harder to shed unwanted body fat. All of these reasons are why I am obsessed with a company called Beauty Counter. The founder actually started the company when she learned about the potential dangers of toxic chemicals and their link to health issues, specifically miscarriages and infertility. While pregnant, I make sure to only use Beauty Counter products. It's one of the only makeup lines that is officially recommended from the Environmental Working Group. What really sets Beauty Counter apart is their unwavering commitment to protecting us, the consumers, from the hidden dangers that lurk in conventional beauty products. Beauty Counter goes above and beyond, rigorously screening every Every single ingredient that goes into their products, ensuring that they are safe, clean, and free from harmful toxins. They're not just a beauty brand, they're a movement for change, advocating for stronger regulations in the beauty industry. With Beauty Counter, I know that I can trust that the skincare and makeup that I use are not only effective, but also safe for me and my family. They have skincare lines for every skin type, as well as so many other incredible products. I absolutely love their overnight resurfacing peel. It's my favorite way to get anti-aging benefits in a skincare product. The makeup is absolutely amazing. I have tried alternative beauty products in the past and none of them truly performed. But with Beauty Counter, the foundation is so amazing. It makes me feel like my skin can breathe and it looks so dewy and beautiful. You can shop with me at beautycounter.com slash Vanessa Spina. New customers can use the code CLEANFORALL20 for 20% off their first order. Beautycounter.com slash Vanessa Spina. All right, friends, now back to the show. Hi, everybody, and welcome. This is episode number 66 of the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. I'm Melanie Avalon, and I'm here with Jen Stevens. Hi, everybody. How are you today, Jen? I am doing great. I have been so busy. I thought retirement, I was supposed to relax. (laughs) I know. I've been seeing everything that you've been doing in the groups. And just when you're self-creating content, you can always be 
creating more content. You can always be talking to more people. You can always just be doing more. It's not like you go it's into true. work and then go home. Yeah. Well, part of part of what I have been working on is um, I'm trademarking the phrase "delay don't deny," and as used in diet book titles. But it's a very complicated thing. You can't just trademark a title. You can trademark a series. So I had to have a series. So. <laughs> <laughs> and then I found out I had to have it a certain way. And what Feast Without Fear didn't count, even though Delay Don't Deny is in the subtitle. So anyway, it, it's been a really learning learning experience for me. So finally, I'm done with everything I needed to have done with my trademark attorney. So the trademark's already in process, and um, it'll be a couple months. And then no one will be able to publish diet books with Delay Don't Deny as part of the title. Wow. That's legit. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Do you know how you know how people do that on Amazon, right? Yeah, they'll take like a book that's selling, and then they'll stick it in a title, and it's not really the same book. So <laughs> it's interesting. That's crazy. Do you? It is. Um, is it financially pretty expensive, or is it just hiring like the attorney type people? It's it's the attorney. Yeah, I mean they're filing fees, but like you pay the attorney and. Then they, you know, do all that for you. So, yeah, it has been – It's it's been pricey. It's not something that, that you would just, you know, do on a whim. And you you can't trademark just a title of a book, which is what's so interesting. So people really can, like, name a book the same as your book if they want to. But Delay, Don't Deny will be trademarked, so it won't be able yes. to be used in a title. In, Mm-hmm. So if yep. what if your book was just delay don't deny and it didn't have a subtitle would that matter? Well, it it has to do with something like a series. Like for example, I'm going to use the example of Chicken Soup for the Soul. You know, that's a series of books. You cannot publish a a book in that same genre and call it Chicken Soup for the Soul as part of the title. Well, I guess I do have I can't say exactly yet, but I do have some exciting developments regarding the audiobook version of my book so that's good people keep asking for the audiobook so things are moving along in that direction so stay tuned actually have to fill out some paperwork for it today so oh good Uh, i actually recorded my audio you did you did yeah (laughs) i I found an audio engineer locally through a, a friend of mine who's a local radio talk show host he um, put me in contact with someone who works at their station who does audio editing. So I went and sat down and we recorded it. So he is editing it now as we speak. So the um, the audible version will be available maybe by the time this podcast airs. Who knows? We'll see. I'll keep everyone posted. It is very exciting. It's it's a lot of work. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and when you're reading a book that you wrote – two years ago and you're reading it out loud and you're like why did I say it like that oh I know (laughs) I know I'm like oh my gosh this part's awful what was I doing you know writing is hard it is life is hard (laughs) (laughs) life is hard that's true that's true and you know you understand why like I mean not that we're not famous writers you know we're we're writers but you understand why, like, famous writers of the past that we studied in high school all went, like, crazy. Oh, I know. <laughs> <'Cause it's... laughs> or we're all drunk. It, it's... Like... <laughs> yeah. It's, it's really um, 
it's an emotional process and and then you you put yourself out there and then it's also it's it's just, there's just there's a lot of emotion tied to writing and reading what you've written and going back to it and revisiting it and it's personal and all of that yeah i know <sighs> i and i would like to actually write because my background is and what i still do my passion is film and theater and that that mm-hmm. creative world so i would like to write fiction as well someday once i get all this stuff more settled yeah but yeah. So. I do want to write nonfiction for children, but I just haven't had time since I was up to this deadline with my trademark attorney and had to do a bunch of things all at once really fast. And then I thought I was done. I thought I was done. And I was like, I'm done. I did everything I needed to do. I'm finished. He's like, what about the downloadable version? I'm like, what? I didn't know this. Had-. He's like, yes, you need it to be a downloadable version too. So I had to like really quick create a downloadable version. <sighs> a downloadable version of... Of see, I'm um I'm working on a bunch of different things, but I you know I just released the delay don't deny life journal, and um, I thought that was going to be enough. Then he said, no, we need something else. So then I was working on a book study of delay don't deny. I'd already started it, but I was able to like crank that out too, and um so I got that done and got that released, and that's the one he said I needed a downloadable version of. Oh, so okay. there are, there are two new titles. One is delay don't deny life journal. And that has a lot of different tools for tracking and journaling and reflecting. And then the next one is Delay, Don't Deny, Digging Deeper. And that is a book study. And it's designed to be used, like, let's say, if you want to work in a support group in your community. You know, a lot of people have been forming local support groups on their own. And so they're, like, getting together with friends and whatever. But you're like, all right, well, what do we talk about? So it's a way to reflect on the book, like a book study that you would do at a book club, but the book is Delay, Don't Deny. So you can do that with the Delay, Don't Deny, Digging Deeper. And it's available as a workbook that you can get on Amazon, but now you can also download it in a Kindle or ebook version, and you have to use it alongside a notebook that you would write the answers in. But you read the book, and then you reflect on some questions, and then you can talk about it with other people. You know, I'm a teacher, right? So this is all very teachery, right? I was going to say it sounds like it is. It is, and I showed it to my son that that's home from college, and he said, "Yeah, that's teachery." I'm like, "Yeah, son, that's what I do." Sorry, <laughs> I love it. Actually, it reminds me of. Can I talk about just one thing I love? Since we're t- talking about things we yeah. love, yeah. Are you a big plant planner person? Like, do you use a planner, like a written planner? Oh, I do not. Can, I don't use a planner. Can I talk about the planner that yeah. changed my life? I'm looking at it yes. right now and it kind of reminds me of what you said. It's the Law of Attraction planner. It's on Amazon. Uh huh. It is the most brilliant planner. It will change your life. Now, I might would get into that. Let me write this down. Law of Attraction planner. And the reason I thought about it is because in addition to the actual planner, it has all of this, all this like stuff like you were just talking about where you like write things and reflect. I, I haven't actually done them, but um, it has all the supplemental material, which is really awesome. And the new version comes with like stickers and there's meditations and affirmations. And, but the way it's laid out that I love so much is basically every single page. So like for the week, it has, it has this, well, it has this, a goal list on the right, on the far left, that's on every page. And that's for all of your really big goals. So you, every week you just copy that over. So you don't have to worry about ever losing your 
really big goals, like them, right. that, that your big projects. So you don't have to rewrite them every day. Like you wouldn't have to rewrite audiobook every day. You would right. just have it on the, the left and you always copy that over. And then every day though has its own list. So then you can put your daily tasks. So it keeps everything very all there without feeling overwhelming. So like long-term and short-term things. And then it also has at the bottom like your to-do list of like things you would buy. And then it has like at the bottom a positive habit maker box. It's like really tiny where you can check off if you want to do habits every day. And then it has a place for notes. And then every page has a motivating quote. It's just the best planner. I just reordered it. Oh, good. Well, I'll have to take a look and see that. I mean, maybe, maybe that would be something that I could use. I've never – I mean – Yes, I've always had a planner like as a teacher. Right, <laughs> I've right. Had that kind or like a lesson plan book. So maybe that was fulfilling my planning needs having <laughs> well, I think you would I feel like we're really similar in how we organize everything, so I think yeah. you might really benefit from it. Well, I I will say I I'm I'm going to be lesson plan book lists for the first time in my life, so maybe maybe I will need something to fill that gap. Yeah. I'm also very old school. I like to write by hand. Oh, you'll love it. And it comes yeah. in rose gold. Other Ooh, colors, that too. pretty. But... All right. So so for listeners, that was a lot. <laughs> um, <laughs> you can go to ifpodcast.com slash episode 66 for show notes and things we talked about. I will put links there to Jen's Jen supplemental, supplemental delay, don't deny materials that we just talked about, the planner, and then maybe audiobooks depending depending on how things go with that we'll see i got my fingers crossed yep (laughs) (laughs) and then you can also go to ifpodcast.com slash stuff we like that's our ongoing page for all of the stuff we like where when we randomly think of things like this we we add them to that page all right shall we jump into everything for today yes and we are we have some listener feedback to start with from stella And the subject is, thanks for IF slash essential oil resources. And Stella says, first, I want to thank you ladies for this very informational podcast. I first heard Jen Stevens on the Jennifer Fulweiler show and decided to check out the podcast and had been hooked ever since. I realized that when I had the most effective weight loss was when I was accidentally doing IF due to shift work. It's been a wonderful tool since learning to do it right. In particular, I'm glad I had been doing it for a couple of months before becoming pregnant. I have difficulty eating during the day, and what could have been debilitating is anything but, as my body was already used to spacing my meals accordingly. Yes, I'm trying hard to make sure I get enough nutrition. Second, I wanted to pass along some resources. In an episode, Melanie mentioned getting a bunch of essential oils and wanting to learn more about them. Since you ladies are very much about being evidence-based, Awesome. She put that in parentheses. We think that's awesome too. Thank you, Stella. She says, and doing research, I thought you would appreciate the following. First, a book from the guy who pretty much wrote the book on essential oils, Robert Tisserand. His book, and I hope that's how you say that. I'm not certain. His book, Essential Oil Safety, A Guide for Healthcare Professionals, is a wealth of information and goes into proper usage, chemical constituents of individual oils, and potential drug and food interactions. This is especially important as unfortunately there are some manufacturers who routinely recommend usages that most aromatherapists would recognize as patently unsafe and tend to treat adverse reactions as detoxing, which has landed folks in the emergency room. 
Note, an adverse reaction is the sign from your body to stop using whatever food, medicine, substance, etc. you're using, not a sign to just keep on going. I use a handful of essential oils myself and love them, but definitely started using them more sparingly and carefully after researching safety and usage, just as I use any medication with safety concerns in mind. Another resource is the website Using Essential Oils Safely, which has quality studies of different brands and a connected Facebook group. Thank you, ladies, for all you do. And then she also included some resources there, some links. And I'm not going to read those to you, but Melanie will put those on the website so people can, can find them in the show notes for this episode. So I think, I think that makes um, that puts it all in one place for you. And I think, I think that's an important point. We definitely want to be safe. And essential oils are powerful, and we don't just want to, you know, randomly use them and try to tough our way through adverse reactions, um, like Stella said. Yeah, so essential oils, it's one of the one of the big things that I think can really benefit a lot of health issues and a lot of things a lot, but I still haven't really researched it and like look in, looked into how to use it even though I have a lot of essential oils ready and waiting and I've read about a lot of different ones to try. So, once I finally try them, I'll definitely report back, but I do know people who are into them just say that they're they can be life changing with health issues and so I really I just need to buckle down and try it. Have you tried using them? I haven't done a lot with them. A friend of mine who is a holistic practitioner uses them with her patients with great success. So I know that they're very you know they're therapeutic. It's actually um, the the doctor who wrote the foreword for Feast Without Fear. She's she's an oil doc. She uses them very successfully, like I said. So I, I know that, that they're powerful. Yeah, definitely. I think so. So definitely report back on that with more concrete information some at some point. But Stella, thank you so much for the email. That's really wonderful information about everything. And definitely congrats on your weight loss with IF. Yes. And I also wanted to mention, she talked about being pregnant and I just want to reiterate, I don't, I don't know. It wasn't a hundred percent clear in the, in the email, but of course, I want to reiterate that we do not recommend an intermittent fasting regimen while someone is pregnant or um, the sole source of nutrients for your baby when you're breastfeeding. So um, I wasn't sure. I know she talked about that she was doing intermittent fasting before becoming pregnant, and then she had trouble eating during the day when she was pregnant. Of course, a lot of pregnant women do have trouble eating with you know the, the morning sickness and other nausea during pregnancy, but this was not our endorsement of intermittent fasting while pregnant. I just wanted to throw that out there. It's a good, good note to have. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty. So we can jump into our listener questions for today. Hi friends. Now I know most of you are familiar with the power of protein to help us to recompose our bodies, get fitter and leaner by losing body fat and protecting and gaining muscle or lean body mass. Now protein supplementation is one of the best ways to do it. It is scientifically validated to help us produce high quality weight loss. Now, when it comes to weight loss, traditionally, a lot of people will do high carb, low calorie diets, and those have been shown to generate upwards of 40% lean body mass loss. Now, protecting your lean body mass and your muscle is crucial when you are wanting to lose some fat because during weight loss, you don't want the weight lost to be coming from your muscle. The more muscle you're able to retain, the more you're retaining 
maintaining metabolically active tissue, which is going to keep your metabolic rate much higher and help you maintain the fat loss after you have achieved it. Now, one of the best ways, as I said, to do this is through using protein shakes. I've been on the lookout for years to find a high quality protein supplement that does not have fillers, dyes, artificial sweeteners, and using cheap protein concentrate, which can cause all kinds of issues like bloating and indigestion. I finally created a protein supplement that meets my standards, and it's something that I personally use every single day, and that is Tone Protein. Tone Protein not only is extremely clean and high quality with only whey protein isolate, no concentrates, no fillers. It is also scientifically formulated to optimize muscle protein synthesis, which is going to help you build lean body mass and muscle in the most efficient way possible. I am so incredibly excited about Tone Protein. Not only is it extremely high quality and optimized to help you recompose your body. It is also absolutely delicious. We've been having so much fun with all the different flavors that we are creating, and I just can't wait for you all to try it. Now, I wanted to create a special launch discount for all of you listeners so that you could check it out, try it out, see how you like it, and test it out for yourself. In order to receive that launch discount, you can head over to toneprotein.com and sign up with your name and email address, and you'll receive an email to double opt in to the list, and you'll be the first to know when Tone Protein is available to order, and you will also receive that exclusive launch discount. It is going to be the biggest discount that we ever offer on Tone Protein. So I really want all of you to be able to receive it. So be sure to go to toneprotein.com, sign up with your name and email, and you'll be double opted in to that list. And I am so excited for you all to try it out. Let me know what you think of it and let it help you to optimize your body recomposition goals, get that fat loss and maintain and protect your lean body mass while doing it. So to start things off, we have a few more questions from Olivia, who is actually our list, our listener that we addressed some of her questions last week on episode 65. So here are the rest of Olivia's questions. Uh, her, the subject of her email was accumulation of questions after IF podcast binge. And she was the one who asked about the, the AD, ADD, ADHD medicine, about marijuana while fasting, and about um, legumes and anti-nutrients, which sparked a very lovely discussion. <laughs> All of that did. All of that did, really. So, okay, so Olivia's third question. Olivia says, I know working out is best at the end of the fast, but what about a low-intensity exercise like yoga that does not necessarily burn fat? Does that matter if it's done in the eating window or at any point in the fast? Okie dokie, Jen, what are your thoughts? I think this is a, a very interesting question, and I'm glad that Olivia asked it. And I'm going to take a little bit of... um the, the very first statement, I know working out is best at the end of the fast, I'm not going to say that that's true you, and universal, for example. You know, some people work out successfully in the morning and then they fast for hours after that. So I don't, I'm not going to say that universally we should all work out at the end of the fast for one thing. It's my philosophy that the best time to work out is the time that seamlessly fits into your life, whenever that is. 
In fact, I frequently go for a walk with my husband after dinner. I'm not doing it because I'm trying to tap into extra fat burning or whatever. I'm going for a walk because that's the time that my husband is home. We've had dinner. It's it's cooler. It's it's a nice time to go out and be out in the neighborhood. So I would like to encourage everybody, Olivia, the rest of the world, don't try to time your workout necessarily in a time that may be theoretically the best. You know, okay, theoretically, you're at the end of your fast. You want to really tap into fat burning. I can see theoretically that being a great time to work out. But let's say you want to work out at 5 in the morning because that's when it's best for you to work out. Work out then. You want to do yoga, you know, calm your body down before bed. I don't know. Do people do yoga before bed? Do it then. It's whatever fits into your life and feels good to you. I'm never going to try to to find some perfect theoretical time to do something um, when it comes to working out. I want it to fit into my day. I want it to feel right. I want it to be fun. So that's what I say. Do yoga whenever you want to do yoga. I love what you said. I really like that you pointed that out. I do find when it comes to exercise for fat burning that a lot of people, like I've talked about in the past, do find at the end of the fast that that's when they really – I think that's when you can really burn through stubborn fat because that's – especially when you get to that point of being – when you just have that stubborn, those few pockets of stubborn fat that you want to burn through, I think that's when you really would benefit from working out at the end because there's nothing else in a way for your body to use. But then, like you said, it's also really great to do it. A lot of people do it in the beginning when they first wake up to just really catalyze the fat burning state. But yeah, I think what Jen said about the best time is just the time that you're going to do it and the time that works. The, the one thing actually I wanted to not jump on, but point out was, Olivia, you say, you know that um, low intensity exercise does not necessarily burn fat. And I think that's actually a little bit of a misconception because from all the research I've done, low intensity exercise is actually often creme de la creme fat burning because it's it functions best on the fat burning state because it doesn't require intense activity, which is typically uh, glycolytic and requires glycogen or carb stores. So actually something like yoga is is quite fat burning as far as when it's done, whatever works best for your body and for you and feels best. Yep. Okay. We have more from Olivia. I'll read the next part of what she says. She says, and last, I find myself with some unhealthy mentality habits, even though I'm happy about my decreasing weight. For instance, I'm obsessive over stubborn fat and often find myself squeezing my arm fat so much that I get dots of blood bruises on my bicep. And if I'm laying down, can't help but squeeze different areas of my stomach. It's becoming increasingly incessant, and I'm concerned. I want to just trust the process and let go of negative thoughts, but it's really, really hard. My fat has also been extremely squishy recently. When I squeeze my arms, it's as if they're little tapioca pearls, fat marbles, fat balls, whatever you want to call them. Sorry if this grosses anyone out there. And they're just so freaking squishy. I got curious and started doing some Googling about this squishy fat and solved the mystery. The only expert I found who had written about this phenomenon was Lyle McDonald, author of The Stubborn Fat Solution. I haven't read his book, but probably should now. In summary, McDonald said that when people are losing weight and getting lean, as I am, I didn't have that much weight to lose, the fat turns squishy because the fat cells supporting the skin shrink and the skin isn't supported, so it gets squishy to the touch. The space the fat cells used to be in fills with water, so it feels all squishy. 
He said, one day the skin will just tighten up and I'll lose a few pounds all at once in a whoosh effect. Interesting. Have you ever heard anything about this crazy, squishy, fat situation? Do people in Jen's Facebook group experience it? Did you too when you started intermittent fasting? Is there any scientific literature on the whoosh and squish phenomenon? In addition, I've been waking up to pee like three or four times a night, which is new for me, but this has been happening since intermittent fasting. Do other people experience this? Apparently, it connects to the squishy fat situation because when you whoosh and all the weight drops, you just start peeing out all that water that replaced the shrinking fat cells. Is any of this real, or am I just going crazy in a haze of squishy arms and over urination? <laughs> I want to meet. It. I want to meet you, Olivia. Me too. Like so bad, and <laughs> and listeners can also revisit episode 65 for the first part of her email because she just sounds like a trip yeah like, well I'm not done there's still a little more oh, she says sorry. well I hope this is answered on the podcast yes Olivia it is I love and adore both of you and am so happy to be participating in such a healthy and awesome lifestyle practice thank you for everything that you've done I really appreciate and love your podcast and wish I could just insert the knowledge into everyone I love's brains so that we can all live long, happy, healthy, more cost-efficient lives. I look up to both of you like role models and mothers. Hugs and kisses. Much love. All right. So let's talk whoosh and squishy and squeezing our fat. And squeezing our fat. I used to do that. So bad. When I first learned, like way back in the day, when I weighed a lot more than I do now, and when I first learned that stubborn fat often had poor circulation, so it's it's typically colder than the fat on the rest of your body, I would squeeze my fat for the temperature. It was such a bad habit. I probably shouldn't have even mentioned it because I don't want to start bad habits for, for listeners. <laughs> but um, I'm right there with you, Olivia. I don't squeeze it anymore, but... I understand where you are coming from. And yeah, I do find this brings up a good topic that I'd really like to talk about just as far as, I mean, intermittent fasting is one thing and it's so wonderful and it's so great for fat burning and everything. And I think the fact in a way that it is so effective and changes do happen that it can be very... It, it, in a way, it almost taps into your psyche more because you actually do see changes. And so you become super aware of everything rather than just doing a fad diet where you're kind of cycling back and forth and not really seeing changes. When you are seeing changes, it can be, it can make you become even more and more obsessed, I think, because it's finally working. I know that's what happened for me. That's why I became so obsessed when I first went low carb was because it actually started working. And I was like, oh, this is working. And so then you become more obsessed and you want to do more research because you feel like you're actually on to something. Um, but it can definitely lead to obsessive thoughts and obsessions. And Olivia talks about negative thoughts. And I know that that can be a really hard thing. I'll just talk about just a few things I like as far as negative thoughts go and things that I found really helpful. And I, I, it sounds silly, but things like, I think things like affirmations are super helpful. I've talked about those in prior episodes. Um, just replacing negative thoughts with positive affirmations can make the biggest difference. I think just knowing that at any state of where you are, A, it's where you're meant to be at that moment and there's a purpose for it. And then knowing that things can always change from there. So 
just know that things can always get better, that you can always feel better about yourself, that there's always the potential for that. And then as far as actual specific practices that you can use, I just, I'm obsessed with tapping. It's basically where you just tap certain bodies, certain points on your body that activate the parasympathetic or the relaxing uh, state of the nervous system. And you actually think about your negative thoughts, but in tapping these points in your body, it retrains your body to not have a stress response to them. So it can actually help you retrain your internal thoughts and the fears and the negativity that you might have and change them for the better. And I really recommend on YouTube, there's this guy named Brad Yates and he has a whole channel of tapping and he has videos for everything. (laughs) And um, that can be something really, really positive that you can maybe integrate into your life, Olivia. So what are your thoughts, Jen? Well, I want to talk about the whoosh that Olivia mentioned. And we actually cite that article all the time. Or I actually have like a whole bank of saved things. When people ask a question, I'll pop out, you know, this this link. And this is one of them. That article is called Of Whooshes and Squishy Fat. <laughs> and it really is, it is a great one. I have tried over and over and never been successful to find scientific explanations of what's actually happening in this situation. The way Olivia put it into her words about how the the water fills in. You know, some people have some graphics that actually show water going into the fat cells themselves, but I've also heard people say, no, that's absolutely can't be happening physiologically. But the idea, the way Olivia explained it, that perhaps the water is filling in around, I don't know. It's It's clearly something with water balance. Where the water actually is, we don't know. But I have actually seen this on my own body, and enough people in the Facebook groups have reported it that we know something is happening with water in your body as you lose fat. And then, yes, a lot of people will suddenly whoosh it out. Like overnight, the scale goes down, you know, four pounds. You can't lose four pounds of fat overnight, obviously. So it's something with water balance and it's something to do with the process. And some people just whoosh their way all the way down. Like they will, you know, plateau, 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 whoosh. Plateau, 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 whoosh. And that's their pattern. I was more of a down, up, 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 down, up, 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 down kind of a loser. Like my weight would just drop off like that and then it would cycle up. But but not in a whole whoosh, but more of like, you know, just a little incremental up and downs. Like I would not lose four pounds overnight. My body didn't do that. But um, it, it's it's the pattern for a lot of people. So, yes. And I have experienced what she's talking about. Like Lyle McDonald talks about in his article about it feeling like little little bumps or pearls or marbles or something under the skin. It absolutely feels like that. So if you find yourself, you know, you're if you're aware or even if you're not, if you find that your your weight's going up or if you feel like you're you're getting squishy or even bloated in certain areas, like maybe your waistband gets a little tight and you're squishy in that area. Watch for it to just boom, you know, whoosh right away. And we we see that all the time. And then you're leaner. You wake up and you're leaner. A lot of people find also that a whoosh can be stimulated in a couple of ways. One of them is through alcohol. Like if someone drinks more alcohol than usual, they'll have a whoosh because the alcohol will, you know, cause your body to dehydrate a bit. Also, people who have kind of about like a splurge day where they eat more than usual will suddenly experience a whoosh after that. Um, 
And the theory for that is that you've eaten more food than you had been eating for a while. So that draws the water out of wherever it's been hanging around and, and into your digestive system to handle this increase of food that you've eaten that's it's more than you had been eating. So, um, yeah, the whoosh effect is real. What's exactly happening? Where is that water? I don't know. <laughs> I wish I could scientifically tell you exactly. But, um, yep. Yeah, it's definitely an interesting concept that isn't really explored in the literature, even yeah. though I'm pretty sure. I really like Lyle McDonald's take on it. The water is somewhere. Is it in the fat cell or in the area around the fat cell? I don't know where it is. I don't know. But there's definitely something with water balance happening that makes you feel squishy. <laughs> yep. <laughs> we've well, just heard it enough. You know, it's, it's obviously something we've heard enough to know that, that it's happening. Alrighty. And it's fun. <laughs> we love a good whoosh. <laughs> Okie dokie. We can go on to our next question. We have a question from Julie, and it's about the whole body vibration machine. And she says, hi, ladies. I love the podcast, the way y'all deliver the information and the website with all the links. The link for the whole body vibration machine opens in Amazon to a confidence fitness slim whole body vibration machine. I was curious if this is the machine you use and how long you've used it. Thanks for all your research and for sharing it with us. We appreciate it so much. Take care and God bless you both. Great podcast, ladies. Thoroughly enjoy listening to you. Um, yes, Julie, that is actually the model that I have, the Confidence Fitness Slim Whole Body. I bought it in um, 2015, I believe. So I've had it for about three years. I don't use it every day. Um, I get on it when I'm thinking about it. Um, when it's like a good time and it only takes 10 minutes. I also have it linked. We have it on the, the podcast website, but it's also linked on jenstevens.com and the favorite things tab. But yeah, it's the one I have. I don't have any affiliation with confidence, fitness, slim people with those people. <laughs> I just, it's the product I use and you know, you read, it's not expensive. You read the, um, the more expensive machines that cost thousands of dollars and they talk about, wow, there's vibrates in a special way. I don't know. But this one was, you know, a couple hundred bucks and it vibrates my body and I like the way I feel when I use it. So, yeah. Yep. On that, on ifpodcast.com slash stuff we like page, that, that is all of the, the links we have are to the ones that we actually use unless otherwise noted, but there's not any, I mean, <laughs> they're all the ones we use. So, yeah. um, I actually ordered that machine about, uh, about three weeks ago, probably. And I'm obsessed. Oh, you've got it, it now? Is. Yeah. Did I not, did I not tell you? I didn't you? know oh. you got it. I knew you were yeah. thinking about it. Isn't it well, fabulous to stand on? Yes. It's actually funny. So we just got this question about the vibration plate and I've been meaning to talk about it on the podcast so I was like perfect timing just throw this in here yeah I'm really really obsessed yeah it's so cool it actually really this is a one random thing I didn't think it would affect but I always get with my digestion and everything I get these weird I just get these weird feelings in my abdomen I don't know if they're related to my muscle or my digestive system or whatever but I find that when I get on that, they actually go away. I, wow. I don't know why. It's really interesting. But um, it's addicting too. I just want to like keep using it. But I yeah. do know you're not supposed to. Like you're like, only supposed to. Like 10 minutes. Yeah, you do your 10 minutes and then you stop. Yeah, although I 
kind of do more than 10 minutes sometimes because <laughs> I also found yeah like I like to stand on it but then I also found that I can put a pillow and I can sit on it and then I can like do work okay I have not tried that approach <laughs> I'll stand on it and watch tv for 10 minutes and hold my weights a couple you know here and there but I mean I really I don't do it like I might get on it one week, I'll get on it twice. One week, I'll get on it zero. The next week, I'll get on it three times. It just is like whenever I think about it. So to clarify what it is for listeners, like the science behind it, it uses something called passive exercise, and that's where you are creating the benefits of exercise in your body without you consciously performing the exercise. So in a way, it's like the lazy man's exercise, but it's actually, it's fascinating that it's actually super effective according to the studies that have been done on it and because the what it basically does it activates in your muscles the same type of movement that requires similar recovery and similar states as if you were consciously exercising so you're getting the bang for your buck without having to actually put in the effort which sounds too good to be true but i mean intermittent fasting is kind of too good to be true so it's the way I like to do things, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or kind of like how drinking red wine is good for your heart type thing. Right. And then also one of the reasons I was particularly interested is it can support drainage of the lymph system because um, to the lymph system is how our body breaks down like toxins and things like that. And it's all throughout our body. And it's actually also a passive system in that it doesn't have any active pumps in our body that stimulate our lymph. That's why it's really important to do physical activity, to keep things flowing, as it were, to detoxify and everything like that. And so by vibrating your whole body, this can be really, really great for, for that as well. So so for listeners, I there is a link to that to that machine on ifpodcast.com slash stuff we like. I'll also put a link on the show notes for today's episode and I mean, it's a whole machine, but it's it's not too pricey, the all things considered. No, it's not. It's not. It's the only thing I ever have gotten that I just keep, and I haven't, like, tried to get rid of it. Like, I, you know, would try an exercise bike, and that would disappear. And This is the only one that I've kept. I mean, keeping something for this many years is not anything I've ever done before. Also, I want to say, you know, rebounders do that same thing. People that jump on those rebounders, those little trampolines, that also stimulates the lymph system. So it's a similar kind of idea. All righty. So our next question comes from Melanie. Not me, but I guess it could. It's not me, though. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And Melanie, the subject is Ori Hoffmeckler's explanation of the fasted state. And Melanie says, hi, ladies. I really enjoy your podcast and look forward to it weekly. I've listened to Ori on other podcasts, and he said he doesn't count his length of fasting hours until six hours after his, la- after his last meal, and he doesn't see much of a benefit past 18 hours. So does he mean a fast for 12 hours, which is 18.6? So you may say that you fasted 18 hours, but you really only fasted 12 true hours. Thanks for your input. Okay, and I'm going to admit, I have not heard him say this, so I can't explain what he's saying because I don't know exactly what he's saying. (laughs) So uh, maybe Melanie knows. I'm not sure. Um, You know, I've heard before people saying, well, you're not technically in the fasted state after you eat because your body is still digesting that food. 
Yeah, but we, we've mentioned this before, I think. You don't know the second your body switches over. So as a rule of thumb, in the intermittent fasting community, as a rule, we stop the eating window. We close our window with our last food or beverage, and that's when we say we've started the fast. So when does your body actually go into the fasted state? I mean, I don't know. Here, Melanie said that Ori said it took six hours. Maybe that's true. It could take less than that. It could take more than that. It just depends on so many different factors. So when you're trying to time your fast, last bite of food, start the fasting clock. When you are having your first bite of food for the day, stop the fasting clock. So that's just how we pretty much pretty much do it, how we time it in, in the community. As far as, you know, whether he's, what, what he means by no benefit past 18 hours, um, maybe he was talking about himself personally. I don't know. But I know that physiologically there are plenty of benefits that occur past 18 hours. And that whole 18 to 24 period has been shown to be full of benefits. So I, I would not say that that's true. But again, since I haven't heard what Ori said exactly, I can't speak to it, like to say whether I agree with him or don't agree with him, because I would have to read it or hear it or see it personally. So I'm not really sure. Do you know what she's talking about, Melanie, with what he said? Yeah, I don't know exactly. I just know, I can just speak to this based on what I know from our own interview with Ori, and then I've read all of Ori's books. Every I have two, one. but well, I haven't read all of them. But the one I have read, I can't remember specifically what he said about this. I've read. He has like seven books, and I've read all of them. Um, so briefly for listeners, so Ori Hoffmeckler, he's we had him on the podcast as a guest interview, which was absolutely wonderful. So I will put a link in the show notes on ifpodcast.com slash episode sixty six to that episode if you'd like to get a feel for Ori. We'd actually. That conversation was so fascinating, and we got lots of really good feedback. And we actually would like to have him back on in the future because there are a few topics that we would really like to delve into, especially things like exercise and stuff like that. So keep, stay tuned for that possibly in the future. But as far as the question goes, Melanie, and the concept we have discussed on this podcast before, and it's what Jen said, it's like, it's like when do you actually enter the fastest state? I mean, of course, once you stop eating, you're in the fed state. Yet we count we count it as the fast because it's just it's just too complicated and so many things affect affect food and affect where it is and your digestive state so it's just you don't really know when you're hitting the quote fasted state that's why we just count the overall hours and you can just know that you're getting the benefits I do think um, I don't know but as far as Ori talking about no benefits past eighteen hours. Like I said, I would have to find that interview and track it down, but I do know, I don't know if this is the same thing, but I do know in his books, he does talk about not, not overstressing the body, especially when you're doing intermittent fasting as part of a daily lifestyle. So it could be something about that where he's just saying that it works best to go about 18 hours and then eating. Cause he does talk about that in the books and one of the books, I don't remember which one, just as far as not letting intermittent fasting become a chronic stress at any point. And so I think that's why he kind of caps things at 18 hours. So, so yeah, actually, I, I was reading through research. I don't know what, I, I think I was researching some, like the ketogenic diet. I wasn't researching this, but I did come across one study and it started, I think it started off by saying how humans were quite an anomaly when it comes to 
most species because unlike other species, we actually spend the majority of our time in the fed state. And I don't think it was even talking about, I don't know, but I don't think it was even talking about the fact that we eat 24 seven and that's why we're in the fed state, but just because of the nature of our digestive system and our small intestine and colon and everything that in a way we're, we're always processing nutrients. Our last meal. Mm -hmm. Because if you think about it, like a straight up carnivore, they're going to be mostly small intestine. Like they don't even, they don't have the other aspect of the gut bacteria. They don't have a huge aspect of the gut bacteria and the, the large intestine fermenting things way down the road. So in a way it's like they eat something, they process it. You know, it would be like a quicker, a quicker process yeah. in a way. It's not like a two-step process. So I don't know that we answered Melanie's question at all, cause, <laughs> but we answered some things. And I also just want to say one other thing. We can get so caught up in the details of, of, you know, what to call it, you know, that it really, it doesn't matter. Eat for a, a window that feels right to you and gives you the results you want fast the other time. Call it what, what you will. Yep. I think it's a great suggestion. Hi friends, an incredible fasting aid is coffee. Yes, I am all about the coffee. I am a huge fan of its health benefits as well as how it can support your fast and really help with energy and fat burning. And I have a big announcement. The brand of coffee that I have been drinking for an entire decade now, I am no longer drinking. There's some drama, there's some science, and I'm about to tell you how to get a discount on my new favorite coffee. So I've been drinking the coffee formerly known as Dave Asprey's Bulletproof Coffee for literally a decade. I do not drink it now, so this is not a Bulletproof Coffee commercial, but I started drinking it because I so trusted Dave and his obsession in creating mold-free coffee because moldy coffee beans is a huge problem and a lot of people can get health issues, brain fog, and crash after coffee because of the mold control. Contamination. Dave has been talking about this for so long, so I really trusted him and I would drink Bulletproof Coffee, which I absolutely loved and loved that it was mold-free. Then there was some drama. Dave sort of got kicked out of Bulletproof. He might be going back. There's a lot of stuff going on with that. Follow him on Instagram if you want to learn more about that. He even talked about it at the recent biohacking conference. But in any case, <laughs> drama aside, he can no longer speak to Bulletproof Coffee as to whether or not it is mold-free. And he ended up making a coffee even better than Bulletproof Coffee, and it is called Danger Coffee, and friends, I love it. It's the first coffee that is not only mold-free, but actually can help you remineralize. Yep, that's right. Danger Coffee contains a patent-pending formula that actually remineralizes your body with more than 50 trace minerals, nutrients, and electrolytes. On top of that, it is super clean. I know people like to see organic labels. Friends, I have learned so much about the certification industry. And honestly, the best of the best is finding people that you trust who do extensive testing and third-party certification. That's what I do with my Avalon X supplements. And that's what Dave does with Danger Coffee. So with Danger Coffee, they use a process that far exceeds government and industry standards. And it is third-party lab tested. So you can rest assured it is free of mold toxins. As for the flavor, Dave selected these hand-picked farm direct beans for their quality, their superb flavor, and their elevated performance. I love the taste of it. It's much richer and more nuanced than Bulletproof Coffee. 
It's honestly one of the best coffees I've ever tasted. And it's so exciting to know that when I'm drinking it, I'm actually helping to remineralize my body. So that's right. If you want your coffee to contain antioxidants, anti-inflammatories, micronutrients, and help optimize your fasting, you want Danger Coffee. And of course, I have a discount for you guys. You can go to melanieavalon.com slash dangercoffee and use the coupon code melanieavalon to get 10% off. Again, that is melanieavalon.com slash dangercoffee with the coupon code melanieavalon for 10% off. This is my favorite coffee. Like I said, it takes some really good coffee and convincing biohacking health reasons to break me from my 10-year decade bulletproof coffee habit but sometimes you just got to upgrade. And by the way, this would make epic presents for people. This can just become your go-to present. Not only will people love it, but you'll be helping their health as well. Everybody wins. MelanieAvalon.com slash Danger Coffee with the coupon code Danger Coffee. All right. So now we have listener Catherine and she's got two questions. We're going to start with the first one. Her subject is bra filling out and how did Jen and Melanie know each other? So we're going to start with the first one. And she says, hi, Jen and Melanie. First of all, thank you so much for your podcast. I started IF about four months ago, and I love this lifestyle and have dropped the two pants sizes I had slowly been gaining after having kids. I'm embarrassed to ask this question, but here it goes anyway. Unlike most weight loss endeavors, I feel like IF is causing my bra to fill out in a good way. In other weight loss attempts, the cup size is the first to shrink. Not so with IF. I can't decide if autophagy is working in my favor or if this is all in my head. I'm, I'm 34, and after breastfeeding three kids, I thought the bust area would forever be sad. Do you know anyone else this has happened to? All right, Melanie, what do you think? Well, I was actually going to just direct this question to you, Jen, um, with the Facebook groups and such, um, and just wondering in general how, how, what people report on this on the Facebook groups. This is not really a common thing that, that we hear a lot. Um, I can speak to my personal, what's happened to me? Sure. <laughs> I was, I, I mean, I have a, a photo that is just, it's a, it's a before and after photo of me. And it's one from that, that fateful cruise in 2014 when I hit rock bottom and realized I needed to lose weight. And I'm wearing a bathing suit in this one photo and I'm in the pool. And I mean, my boobs were as big as my head. I mean, it is like, you look at that photo. I mean, that's where to God they were in the photo. At least that's how they look in the photo. And I mean, I'm not even sure what my bra size was at that time. I think I'd gotten to the point where I was wearing like just I'd, I'd given up. I was wearing like the stretchy kind that are almost like an undershirt that I was like, help me, you know. <laughs> so at one time, I remember I was like a triple D. This was, I think, after I'd already even started losing some weight. I was like a triple D, which also equates to an F cup. I mean, that's big. And then I went down to a double D for a while. And then I was a D for a while. And now I've settled in at a C cup. So my boobs have not filled out more I mean they're not like sad we were having this conversation last week where somebody was talking about um worried that her boobs were going to look like tube socks or something so, tube socks with a tennis ball I don't know I can't remember the exact um phrase but I think that's what it was and no, mine have not done that either <laughs> so um they're they're nice I guess that Maybe I'm giving too much personal information away here I know you're talking and I'm like I guess I should just talk about me too 
you know, I'm I'm about to turn 49, and I have had two kids, and I was a triple D to our F or however you want to call it. Now I'm a C. So you might think that I would just have a bunch of saggy craziness, and I don't. So things are 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 firm and fine. I guess that's the way to put it. So um, they didn't get bigger; they did get smaller. But I had a great deal of fat that I needed to lose in that area. I mean, I was I was obese. So, and I had a lot of weight in that region of my body. But I, I think that, um, I mean, I'm not planning to go to any topless beaches anytime soon, but I think if I was on a topless beach, some people wouldn't go, oh my God, what happened to her? You know, I think I would just look normal. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that great visual picture, everybody. Sorry. Reminds me of the first time I learned about the concept of nudist beaches when I was really little. And that was just so weird to me. I was like... Oh, it's – did you know they have a nude cruise? Really? Yes. It's a thing. I heard about it on like a um, cruise critic or something maybe. I can't remember. But it's, there's like a boat and the whole boat is chartered and everybody on it is a nudist. It's called the nude cruise. Yeah, I wouldn't do so well on that cruise. <laughs> no. And I'm like, I don't I, – I, that I just can't. I can't get – yeah. I don't know. Sorry, if any listeners have been on the nude cruise. <laughs> I feel like we might have lost like half of our <laughs> listeners right now, but gained some new ones. <laughs> well, I think I think they're probably like, wow, that's interesting. Anyway. Yeah, for me, I was never super large to begin with. And with losing weight and intermittent fasting, I, I mean, I definitely got smaller, but I it was already small to begin with. So it wasn't super, super crazy. It does make me think about the concept of where certain fat is stored in the body and where you lose it from. It's like people can never lose the fat from where they want to lose it. And it's really hard to target certain areas. And some people feel like they're losing fat from like their breasts and they rather than other places, or they might feel like they're losing all their fat, but not their fat in their face, or they're losing their fat in their face and not other places. And it's just, it's really complicated. And I mean, a part of you wants to just tell your body, couldn't you just take this fat <laughs> and not that fat? Um, I mean, I do know thigh fat in general tends to be the most stubborn form of fat, and that is simply because that fat is specifically saved for pregnancy to nourish a baby, so that's why that can be really hard to lose for a lot of people, but that's why you also want to keep it, in my opinion. It's definitely really important metabolically and from a health perspective. I'm also really curious about if certain types of fat are more easily stored in certain areas of the body, like because I've read that omega-3 fats, for example, um, which is found in like fatty fish and things like that, besides the fact that they really benefit the brain, uh, so that a lot of them are going to go there, that those are specifically often stored in thigh fat for the baby. I do wonder about other things like monounsaturated fats and saturated fats. Do you know anything about that? I don't. And I I have a hunch that it's going to be different for different people because, you know, we genetically store fat in different places you know, one person versus another person, you know, like our family, we tend to store on our hips in a certain way. And, um, that's just where my family bulks up. So, um, I I think it's going to vary from person to person, right? Yeah. I mean, I think so. And then, but I do think in general that eating healthier fats and having a surplus of calories coming from that are more likely to be stored in a healthy manner just because the the body is using them for, you know, processes that support health. Whereas if you're yeah. taking in like toxic excess calories from things that 
the body sees as as a toxin or like trans fats or things like that that right. I feel I feel like because we did talk I don't know if we talked about on the podcast but subcutaneous fat for example is often used to to store things toxins yeah so yeah to like keep it out of the way and that's another reason it can be a little bit difficult to burn if any listener for some reason if their forte is <laughs> what type of fats are more likely to get stored in certain areas. I'm just really curious. You can message me and yeah. send me because sometimes I'll bring up this stuff and people will f- message me on Facebook because it's like their area of expertise. And yeah. they're like, here's all the information. And I'm like, thank you. I love that. Yeah, me too. If anybody, if anybody knows, feel free to send me a message. I will say this. One thing about intermittent fasting and the, the people in the Facebook groups, by the way, we have topped a hundred thousand combined members in the group. It's pretty exciting. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we find that people lose fat differently than they have before. Like if you think about how you lost fat on like other diets, you may have lost it one way. So that may be part of what Catherine is finding here. You know, maybe before she lost it first in her boobs and now for the first time with intermittent fasting, her body is preferentially taking it out of other places instead. I will say that I, I lost my boobs last like I didn't lose them first you know I started out at the at the triple d or f or whatever and it's only later in the process that that my bra size went down um and now I'm losing that stubborn thigh fat which is very exciting I can feel my cellulite getting getting less and less you'll you'll find if, if you've dieted before and gained and lost weight You'll be surprised at how your body is different with intermittent fasting than it was before with other, you know, diets. Yeah, it's definitely very hormonally driven and it's not really something you can control. And when they do studies on especially like starvation and refeeding studies and things like that, they they find um, that people store fat in different places based on that. So yeah, it's definitely not something that we can consciously control. I like just just keep in mind that your body's doing what it's doing for a reason. So I think just trust it. Go yeah. with go with the flow. All right. So Catherine does have another question, but it relates to another question from another listener. So <laughs> I know that was really confusing. We're going to basically move on to our listener, Kim, and read the first part of her email. And then she has another question that relates to Catherine's question. You guys will see. I have a plan going, but it's complicated. Um, <laughs> so the first part of Kim's email. Hi, I'm steadily, I'm steadily working my way through your archive. Thank you so much for all the work you do researching IF and sharing your expertise through the podcast. I'm a 55-year-old woman and a pescatarian. I've been doing IF for about four weeks now for weight loss. I'm not terribly strict about the timing. I vary between a four to six hour eating window, but I'm very strict about having a clean fast. I finally understand what Jen has been saying about how even a 50 calorie dose of milk and coffee will negatively affect the fasted state. The first week of IF was really amazing. I found that I was very thirsty and peeing much of the time. I lost about five pounds. I think this shows how much I was snacking before. My question is about timing. I usually wake up about 6.30 a.m. and have black coffee, something I never, ever thought I could stomach, but now I love it iced. I walk about 45 minutes, and I also take a one-hour Pilates class most mornings. I open my eating window about noon and stop usually by 4 or 5 p.m. 
For the past week, I find that I often have a headache in the morning and I need aspirin. I'm not hungry in the morning, so I really don't want to move up my eating window time. Have you heard of this? Do you think the headaches might go away over time? I suppose this might be related to menopause. So Kim actually sent that email, but then she sent a follow-up email and she said, first, I want to tell you, I submitted a question before about headaches and then heard Jen say that not everything that happens is due to IF. Whatever the cause, my headaches have passed and I feel weirdly great. I have energy throughout the day as long as I eat a healthy meal for my one meal a day and not junk or sugar, in which case I feel exhausted. Can we talk about the headaches first about sure. why they, what we think happened? Mm-hmm. Sure. Okay. Um, I, I see, Kim, from your original one that you had been doing intermittent fasting for about four weeks and then the headaches passed. So that's exactly what we would expect to happen with the adjustment period. For a lot of people, they do get the headaches. So, you know, your body, when you're first starting with intermittent fasting – you know, you're a, you're a sugar burner like most people are. You, um, you're getting your energy from the foods that you eat. Your body also stores some of it away as glycogen. That's what your body runs on in between meals. And when you first start intermittent fasting, your body is running off of that stored glycogen. Then after a while, as your body adjusts over time, as you're doing intermittent fasting, you burn through that glycogen slowly a little bit day by day, and you start to get down to the bottom. And for you, that was happening at the four-week mark. You were feeling those headaches and and just not, not feeling like yourself. And then you pushed through that phase, and then you started to feel great. And then you said, your headaches passed, and you feel weirdly great. That is not weird. <laughs> that is actually typical, and that's what we'd expect. Once you get through that, that adjustment phase and your body learns how to tap into your stored fat, which is the whole point with intermittent fasting, that's when you start getting into ketosis during the fast, and that's when you feel great. Um, And that's the energy and the mental clarity that we talk about. So it sounds like it took you over four weeks to get there. I'm not sure at exactly what point the headaches went away and you started to feel good, but it was at some point after four weeks. So that is very, very typical. So I just wanted to point that out. I think that's important. Because it's going to be different for everybody. You know, if you are eating lower carb, if you've been keto for a while, you might get through that transition period more quickly. Your body's already used to making ketones. You're not going to um, have that adjustment phase. But for a lot of us, it can take four weeks. I've heard it taking eight weeks for some people as well. It just depends on so many personal factors. All right. Anything you want to add to that? Yeah, I think that's great what you just said and that it's very typical of what a lot of people experience. And I do think when it comes to IF that, I mean, it's such a, it's such a change in our system from mm-hmm. what we're used to that it can really, it creates a ton of beneficial changes, but there's definitely that transition period where your body is finally dealing with things <laughs> in a way. And so that's why a lot of people can experience, you know, negative detox type reactions or headaches or, I mean, because with any change, even though it's for the better, that it can be a, a bumpy road on the way. Um, it ten- it's funny because like our first question, or our first listener feedback email about the, the essential oils, she was saying that a, a detox reaction to essential oils was, was not a good thing, which just in general, that's a whole concept on its own about, oh, is detox a good thing? Is it a bad thing? But I do find in general with with intermittent fasting that you do have to, you know, push through things just like with sugar cravings and things like that. I mean, there's going to be a transition uh, 
but you can just know that it'll get better on the other side. And, and then I also like what Kim said, though, about how we mentioned that IF is not always the cause of everything. So, and that's true as well. So there can be a lot of reasons for a lot of things. And it's often very difficult to know what's causing what. That's why I think it's just important to commit to something for a, for a significant amount of time. So then you can really see if it's working rather than trying it for like a day yeah. <laughs> and, and saying no, um, giving things time because time is very telling. We do hear that. Somebody will be like, I've been doing intermittent fasting for one week and I haven't lost any weight yet and I don't feel good. <laughs> We're like, no, you got to give it time. Yeah. One <laughs> week is nothing. This is, it's a blip. You, you're barely started. The difference is, you know, most quote diets, you lose the most weight the first week. So that's why it's with intermittent fasting, it's the opposite. So we are running out of time, but Kim has a second question, which relates to Catherine's second, second question. So we're going to table that and save it for next episode but just as a teaser they basically have to do with how jen and i know each other which we have talked about on the podcast before but a lot of people keep asking so i feel like it kind of got lost in the shuffle so we can retell talk that about story. it again yeah so if you'd like to hear that story definitely check out our next episode of listener questions and we will address that then all righty so a few things for listeners before we go. So if you'd like to submit your own questions for the podcast, there are two ways that you can do that. You can directly email questions at ifpodcast.com. You can also go to our website, ifpodcast.com, and submit questions there. Also at that website on the main page, you can sign up for our email list, and that's where you'll get updated on the podcast every Monday with little teasers about the, con about the content covered and links to everything. Also, you can help support this podcast by visiting patreon.com slash ifpodcast. That's where you can just pledge like you know, a couple cents, a dollar or so to the podcast, and that can really help more than you would ever, ever know. And for more information on all the stuff that we talk about and our personal opinions on tons of things and our personal stories and all the things, you can check out our books. So I have What, When, Wine, Jen Has Delayed, Don't Deny, and Feast Without Fear, you can get those on Amazon, um, Barnes & Noble, all the things. And if you do enjoy those books, it would be super awesome if you could write just a brief review on Amazon. That really, really helps other people in finding the books and learning from them as well and just giving a, a nuanced perspective, and it's so appreciated. So we thank you for that. You can also go to iTunes, and you can directly subscribe to our podcast. And if you do that, you will get the episodes downloaded automatically every week. You won't even have to do anything. And if you would like to write a review there as well, that would be super appreciated. As I always say, I will definitely read them. I read every review, and Jen will not. She doesn't read any reviews. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I just tell her if there's, like, something that, that I need to know. Yeah. <laughs> so if you want Jen to read it, say... Melanie, please tell Jen this. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, so that's how that goes down. Alrighty. Yeah. So anything for me, Jen, before we go? No, I think that's it. Alrighty. Well, I will talk to you next week. All right. I look forward to it. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. Please remember, the opinions we discussed on this show do not constitute medical advice. We're not doctors. Check out ifpodcast.com for more information on us. Theme music was composed by Leland Cox. See you next week.